It's February 7th, 2010, and you're listening to the Architecture Happy Hour. I'm Laura. And I'm Larry. It's a two-drink minimum, so grab your glass and let's get started. We know it's a little late, but Happy New Year to everybody out there. Happy New Year. Yay! We're entering our first full season of the Architecture Happy Hour podcast, and we hope to bring you a new episode every few weeks. We will be offering tips, ideas, and anecdotes for professional students and clients about architecture, design, and all things related. And on that note, let's dive off into our first podcast for 2010, and we're going to be talking about Architecture Marketing 101. The last couple of years have been pretty rough in the design field, and unfortunately, we've seen friends lose jobs, and firms are paring down their staff as much as possible, and actually, some firms have actually closed their doors, and this is not just in architecture, but unfortunately, nationwide. Right. You know. In multiple fields, you know, not just architects, but engineers as well, and, you know, all the people that service our industry, you know, everyone's feeling that pinch. Right. We're all having to get creative and innovative and... and, uh, try out some new things. Right, to, to keep the doors open, absolutely. But we're entering 2010 with a very optimistic outlook, and it's time to start making some new connections and reaching out to existing clients and associates. And for HPD Architecture, we started that last year by throwing Laura underneath the marketing bus. <laughs> and, and I survived, She survived, yes, she's still here. <laughs> we simply announced one day that we thought she should handle marketing, and I'm not really sure what the decision process was, but it may be that... Holly and I were busy, and Laura didn't have that much going on. Maybe I don't. I don't know. I don't know. There was an event, and I was the one that went, and that was the rest is history. Yes, it was tag. You're it. I think and, so. And here we are. And one of the things we discovered in doing that last year, and as Laura started making her business connections and working on getting the HPD name into the public arena, is that architects aren't great self promoters, and we're not exactly sure why. Well, I think it's. Probably just because we don't have much practice. It's not traditionally part of our business. True. We are uh, martyrs as design professionals, and we <laughs> like to sit at our desks for all night long and and uh, be glued to our work. And with the exception of larger firms, if you're not, you know, an HKS or an RTKL or one of these rock star firms, you're typically not going to have the kind of budget that people would expect for, you know, really doing a heavy marketing push. Right, especially small firms where, or even sole proprietors who have to wear every kind of hat themselves, the one single person. So if you don't have somebody that has a marketing background and is devoted to those efforts, um, a lot of times it's easy for that to fall by the wayside, especially in good times when business is busy. Yeah, and you don't have time to do it, and suddenly you're not busy anymore and you don't know how. Right. And a lot of small firms really look at, you know, bringing in work by word of mouth or referral consequently they really haven't had to market themselves but we also realize that there's this old school of thought in the architecture profession that there are things that architects simply don't do and one of those things of course is sell our wares you know we don't see it as we have a product to sell even though we do well and a lot of times there's the idea of as an architect we're focused on the actual craft of the design and the building itself will speak for itself so we really didn't have to go out there and tell people what we did because they could look at it on the street corner. And, and your clients were always your best point of referral. Right. So there really wasn't 
a whole lot of work to do on your part because mm. once you establish yourself as an architect, it sort of took care of itself. Exactly. And, of course, in school, they never taught you any of these things. Right. As, you know, they're very focused on design. They're very focused on theory and, you know, telling you how a building goes together, but there's never that business development class that says, if you decide you want to own your own firm, these are the things you need to do. Yeah, because in reality, most people won't ever own their own firm. I mean, even in my experience, I've always worked for someone else and been an intern and have been focused on my task of working on the drawings and getting the drawings out and helping get a building built. But, but here I've you are. Ne- here I am. I've never had a job of of actually getting work in the door, and that's actually a, a foreign concept to a lot of people. Yes, it is, but challenging times, you know, call for innovative thought, mm-hmm. and we can't simply sit around and do the things that we've always done and expect new business to really come walking in the door. Right, well, and I think it's very applicable to a lot of people right now, especially the folks who have been laid off who maybe are thinking of starting their own business or, or uh, you know, just... Putting themselves out there. Right, exactly. Right. Offering services to your friends and family. You still have to understand what it is you are marketing. Right. And and how to do that. Mm-hmm. And that there are you know, things that you can do that will actually help you grow your business and move along in the field. And with that thought in mind, we thought we'd you know start off this podcast with some ideas that um, might help others market themselves, and by telling you what we've done in the last year to really you know, promote HPD architecture. Yeah, I'd love to be able to share what I've learned because I really started from ground zero. The very first event, networking event that Larry and I went to, I think I was really nervous. Uh, we rode down to the, it was at a small restaurant, and it was a young professional's mm-hmm. happy hour, and my, I was thinking, what is networking? Yes. What What do I say? I mean, I was... Well, and Very you, green. And you did so much better than me. I was like the little statue, like, I'm terrified. Don't talk to me. And it was just, it was. Yeah. Well, it's, yeah, it's kind of a strange thing. If you're not in that scene anyway, that the concept of walking up to a stranger and introducing yourself and telling them mm-hmm. about your business, yes. you don't want to sound forced or fake or yeah, it's, yeah, it's awkward. Yeah. A new experience, but right. that's the first thing that you can really do is networking. Yeah. It doesn't cost any money. You just have to open your mouth. you got to show up and be there and do it. Right. And, I mean, for a lot of people, that's terrifying in itself. Yes, yes. But you start building those relationships, and you start doing that not just among your peer group, but you do it, um, think of, okay, related industries. And, mm-hmm. you know, and then think about, okay, who outside of my little sphere can I make contact with that could possibly have a referral that would help, you know, help bring business to me. Right. Because when you first decide you're going to start networking, you have to figure out, well, who are you trying to reach and who is a good referral source for you? For example, if you wanted to offer office furniture to uh, commercial clients, you wouldn't start going door to door to every commercial business in your city. You would probably start with, well, who would know a lot of commercial clients who would need my furniture. So you might start talking to building managers or leasing agents or real estate agents or, you know, start thinking about the people who know the people you want to get to. Exactly. It's a much more efficient way to reach your target audience. Yeah. And in the process, you're building relationships, you're getting to know people, and you're building a level of trust so that when you come across somebody who needs a service that you don't necessarily provide, you know someone who does 
And when you refer that client to your colleague or friend or business associate, you know that they will offer the same quality of service that you would and vice versa. When they send someone your way, you can take care of them at the same level they would too. Exactly. And and in line with keeping of that notion of that you don't necessarily, you know, just because someone doesn't offer what you think your industry would need, um, don't be afraid to go up to them and talk to them because you never know what comes out of that. Laura has a great example because she just attended an event called Chocolate and Blues, mm-hmm. which is a networking event. There was a vendor there who, well, I think, what, what did she do? Well, it was, for example, I was just circulating around the room. It was a little bit of a trade show atmosphere, so there were vendors set up at tables. And you could stop and talk to them or not. You could just keep walking. Um, and there happened to be a, a nice lady sitting at a table with a product that I wasn't exactly looking for. But for one reason or another, I stopped and said hello and exchanged business cards, and uh, we got to talking, and all of a sudden, when she realized I was an architect, it was like her prayers had been answered. Didn't she have brownies? Yeah, well, yeah, there was chocolate involved, obviously, chocolate and blues, (laughs) but if I had thought, well, you know what, I don't need her service, and and why would she need an architect, and kept walking, I would have never made this connection, and, you know, it's that concept of you never know who that other person knows. Exactly. And so you just cannot make assumptions. That's, I think, one of the big things I've learned, that everybody knows somebody who can... Possibly be a referral. Right. Right. Yeah. Right. And, you know, for your first venture into this, you know, you need to start looking at what marketing groups are in your area, what networking groups, I guess, is really the, the phrase. It's not a marketing group, but it's a networking group. Right. Yeah. If you have no idea where to start, start with your local city or talk to your friends If you're trying to find a group that's more specifically geared towards networking, actual business networking, there are different types of group dynamics as far as some are very structured. There's a definite format to each meeting. Some of them meet weekly. Some of them meet only monthly. There are some that cost money, some that are free. Um, So really, there are lots of options, and you just have to find one that fits. And find what works for you. Yeah, and I would definitely recommend visiting groups before you commit to being a member because I've had the personal experience of visiting a group and the vibe was just not right. It was um, something just about the room and maybe I was having a bad day or whatever it was, but just didn't feel right. It wasn't the group for you. Exactly. And then on the flip side, two of the groups that I'm in now, I immediately felt welcomed. It was a happy, energy-filled place and the people are great and it felt right. You know, it was the exact opposite experience. So if you don't find a group right away that really feels right, don't force it because there are so many good groups out there and there is a right one for you. Yeah, and keep looking and ask other, you know, ask your um, colleagues, say, hey, I'm looking at getting into a networking group. Is there someone you can recommend? And I've had that experience with Mm -hmm. uh, one of Laura's contacts through one of her other networking groups who said, oh, you need to be involved in this. It's really great. And they're a great group, and it's very casual. And, you know, we meet on Saturdays. It's no business attire. You know, mm-hmm. we sit around, we have lunch, we talk about what's going on, and it's a much more relaxed group. So, you know, that's what works for me, and you have to find really what works for you. Right, and I think the idea, that's a great point, of that yours is more social, because mine meet for lunch during the week, and it is more business-oriented. But the common thread through all of these groups is that you want to get to know these people, Create friendships. Don't be afraid to to talk about personal things. 
because that's where you are the gonna you want to be the first person on their mind when they meet somebody outside that group that's looking for an architect or interior designer or whatever it is you do that you are the very first person they think of and while you're networking don't be afraid to start forming alliances with other companies that's the second thing we wanted to really stress on marketing is that you need to start forming business alliances in the last year, we've established relationships with a number of smaller firms, you know, similar to us, mm-hmm. that, you know, maybe they have a, an area that, of expertise that we don't have and may be able to provide us as, you know, work with us as a resource for pursuing other projects. Mm-hmm. And I know off the, you know, top of my head that there are probably three or four other firms that if we need help with a project, you know, we can pick up the phone and call and say, you know, we need some manpower. That's going to be very valuable, valuable to us in the long run. Yeah, and to be honest, in this economic climate, many firms are not looking to hire on new employees, but rather contract with others, maybe even if it's an independent person mm-hmm. who was laid off, but they're able to still provide, obviously, architectural services. They can be a contract worker, and if that's your position, that's a great way to approach potentially a future employment opportunity exactly is to it's almost like an audition and you can't you know don't limit yourself necessarily to the smaller firms you know alliances with smaller firms because there are larger firms out there that may actually be able to you may be able to provide the service to them that you know they don't have right now yeah they may not have a specialist on staff that can provide the special niche service that you can And, for example, if you happen to be a woman-owned business or a minority-owned business, there are, if you're interested in getting into the public sector projects, there are many requirements, actually, of the firms that win the contracts. They have to have a certain percentage of the work performed by these certified either women-owned or minority-owned Women-owned, minority-owned. Historically underutilized businesses. Yeah, Yeah, wherever you are in your... Uh, or your town or state may have certain certifications that you can get. And that's another opportunity to be able to market yourself as a real um, resource. Yeah, resource and, and it's something very valuable to a larger firm that they can, you can help them satisfy the requirements and in turn you can get more experience on larger projects. Exactly. So it's a good situation in both directions. It becomes a win-win for both, uh-huh. both companies. And I know a lot of people are going to be reluctant to establish relationships with someone that they feel is a competitor. But, you know, this is a market where larger companies are going to have the upper hand because obviously they've got the, you know, long history, they've got the resources, and it's real simple for them to go after these. You know, and we've had that example that, mm-hmm. you know, we're pursuing projects that we think would fit for us, but suddenly finding that firms, you know, 10 times our size are going after the same ones because they need the work just as much as we do. So for us, it's become a question of you, you have to stop looking at everyone's competition and look at a, a broader picture. Right. You know, think, okay, how do we, you know, assist each other? You know, what can we do for collaboration to really make ourselves grow, perhaps make this other company grow and form a long-term relationship with someone that, you know, maybe 10 years from now, it's not one company, you know, it's not, it's not two companies, we're suddenly one company. Right. You know, it's a great way to really get yourself out there and, you know, broaden your portfolio and really help one another out. And when you start approaching these firms, this is a great opportunity for you to really define what you do well. What is your specialty? Because you don't want to walk into these firms and say, we can do everything great. What do you need us to do? That's too broad. They're not going to know where to put you. But if you can say, 
we are experts at doing libraries and we can serve you in these ways that you're not going to find anywhere else and really establish yourself as an expert in that niche field that you really do excel at and they're going to have a hard time finding a better company to serve that need exactly. so if you can do that very specific thing it's going to make your marketing efforts a lot easier because you're going to be able to pinpoint exactly who you need to talk to rather than having a scattershot approach it's much more precise and much more efficient if you market exactly what you're the best at so as you're moving into 2010 you know we want you to keep these things in mind we want you to keep in 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 the back of your mind the networking and the business alliances and when we come back with the next podcast we're also going to talk to you about embracing social media getting involved in your community and being a resource for you know people in your community right establishing yourself as an expert in your field exactly yeah so we'll cover that in the next time along the same lines as networking and the building business alliances one thing we want to close with is that we are developing the idea of the architecture happy hour. We've established the podcast, but we were approached with the concept of actually having a real happy hour. And we thought, oh, what a fantastic tie-in. Since we've already got the name uh, set up, we thought it was a perfect segue into actually having a face-to-face opportunity to socialize with uh, the people around us. So what we've done is, some of you may be aware of a website called meetup.com, and it's a place where organizations and, and groups of people can set up a actual online virtual group and set up events and have a place to RSVP. It's a great way to organize people of common interests and have a way to plan times and places to get together. It's basically what it's all about. So we're using that to coordinate our group that is actually called the Architecture Happy Hour here in Dallas. And each month we're going to be hosting an actual real live happy hour at different venues around the town where our group members can meet and network and start building relationships to grow their business. That's what it's all about. And right now we are inviting all types of businesses um, related to architecture, design, real estate, and construction because those are natural alliances for us. But we also invite people who do business with those businesses. Exactly. And people who are just interested in architecture and design. Mm -hmm. So if you really kind of put your thinking cap on that, that can be a broad audience. So we're pretty excited about that. We're going to be starting our first one here in a couple weeks. If you are interested, we'd love to have you. Check out our site on meetup.com and search for the Architecture Happy Hour. In the meantime, our mimosas are done, and it's time for us to say farewell until next time, where we'll pick up and finish our Architecture Marketing 101. Remember, you can find us on the web, of course, at our website, hpdarch.com. And also on Facebook, Twitter, and LinkedIn. We'd love to have you join us there. So from our offices here at HPD Architecture, this is Larry. And this is Laura. And we'll talk with you guys next time. See you later. Bye-bye.